Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual. I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. It's so weird to go from just completely going wild on the intro and then editing that out, but then coming yeah. in all sober and stuff. Um, Stephon O'Vrean on show. Uh, Daryl O'Vrean. Daryl O'Vrean on show freshen. Uh, that's in the Irish language. Uh, Padder, Padder McShone on show. <laughs> hey guys. Oh, <laughs> you're supposed to say on show. So Padder McShone oh, I... is Peter Jones' his name in Irish. Peter Jones. Come here, Steve. Steve, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. What? Do you remember that? And when we were in school, and they used to call out your name in class, and we used to you had to say present, but we used to try and mess around with it by saying either pheasant or <laughs> pleasant. Yeah. To see how many times we got noticed. Yeah. Or was that just me? Uh, no, I think that was. You go, ple- you go, uh, you go uh, fe- pheasant, sir. You yeah. Go, what? And he keeps saying your name until you said present. Well, we had a teacher who um, used to like to talk about the CAO points. Um, and this is where like you do your exams and then you get so many points per result and then you go and get selected based on where you are in the dare I say ranking so we had a teacher who used to kept saying and then everyone gets ranked and then she kept going on so my mate used to put his hand up and go what happens miss and then she'd be like well uh, Derek we all get ranked and then what happens and then that used to go on and on it's very juvenile so Peter uh, <laughs> Jones in English Patter McShone in Irish and meh in Welsh so we're bringing all the languages <laughs> on the podcast. How's I that? am pheasant. <laughs> pheasant. Yes, good man. Oh, we got him. Um, yeah. So how are you, Peter? Uh, how are you, Darl? Uh, what's got? Look, this is the bye week. Uh, usually a vapid expanse where uh, other podcasts uh, don't tread, or they do, but they decide to tell you about an interesting thing you didn't know about toilet seat paper. So it's look, it's we have to we have to do this. We have to do a bye week podcast. And in fact, next week. I already have it recorded with a guy called Steak. Uh, yes, that's what his mama named him. It's an episode about the trip and all that good stuff. So, boys, I mean, just what we want to talk about, because we haven't been in the studio uh, since the um, the Rams defeat. And uh, I hate saying the word feet now, because all I see is Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no, 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 don't. No, we're not doing this. We discussed this in pre-prod. We are not talking about Aaron Rodgers' foot, toe, COVID toe, fractured toe, none mm. of that stuff. We're banning all feet talk on this episode. It's not about his two touchdown passes, then. No. Oh, nice. Yeah, you nice. see. I think Pete, I think we were like nylon because you know we're in New York and London, New York, London, where they released at the same times. So I put that out on the group, and then I saw you put out the same thing. So I think we we'll have to go back through and look at the timestamps there. Um, but yeah, look at the the Rams. Peter, you haven't been on for a while. The Rams, is that a statement-y statement as we could get? Because even I was saying, like, you know where these trap games and that kind of annoys me. But when I looked at this Rams game and I was and I was looking at the injuries, I was like, we have enough to just pack up our bags and leave now. You know, the injuries are insurmountable. Uh, but Josh Nyman came in, played a blinder. Aaron Rodgers uh, with a fractured toe came in, played a blinder. Um, no. You know, not that, not that it was easy, but I saw a pancake block on Aaron Donald that we tweeted out um, Peter like you're the man you're the voice of reason here and it's always it's never as good or never as bad as you think but is it as good though? Yeah I think it's a, I think it's a huge win um, yeah the Rams were coming off off two losses but both of those losses had been where they'd got behind you know in the first quarter 
where Stafford had thrown pick sixes, I think, in the first quarter of both of those previous two losses. Hmm. And just looking at the records of the Packers and the Rams, it's a huge game for a number of reasons. You know, you can look at um, playoff scenarios and if it comes down to head-to-head and, and all of that kind of thing. But I think for the Packers, having lost a tough loss in Minnesota the week before and then coming coming out and what's a difficult game against the Rams. Let's face it, for most of the season, the Rams have played really good football. And it's a game that you could easily lose. And then you've, you know, you've lost two on the bounce going into the bye week. And you start to have time to ponder and start questioning things. So I think to bounce back the way they did and to win, I wanted to say relatively comfortably, that's probably a little bit unfair. I thought, I thought that the Rams played well and it's difficult to work out whether the score was a true reflection of 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 the game but I thought the Packers played played really well they beat a good opponent an opponent that we're likely to see somewhere in the playoffs so yeah I think it's I think it's an excellent win I like just the storylines this you know it, it always point well it points towards an NFC championship loss really but it usually points when you look at the whole story <laughs> I'll just put that out there and now we won't talk about it again um is that you know when you look at it and you look at America's game and you see all of the stuff that's gone on and LeFleur and LeFleur uh, where he comes up against Sean McVay and Shanahan and he beats both of them and he sweeps the west and you know all of these storylines are great but Daryl isn't it funny how uh, people look at the Rams and that they're losing and they go, oh, it's coinciding exactly with Robert Woods not playing. So they pick one wide receiver for the Rams and say he's injured. So, of course. And then you look at the Packers side of things and we're absolutely in bits. And yet we still pull out the win. Like how much of this is Aaron Rodgers' swan song plus LaFleur, uh, his tactical genius stuff, plus AJ Dillon's. St- and here's the thing, Daryl. I mean... Gudekunst, I know we we shocked by Gudekunst might just know what he's doing as well. I mean, getting in, you know, no, no, no. Whoa, 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 AJ Dillon. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop sorry, being reasonable. Sorry. Stop it. Stop it. But it is, Daryl. Isn't it just a nice blend of it all, really? Yeah, it's, well, to be honest, I think a lot of this game, and I agree with Peter's point, that it actually looked more comfortable. And I think in the end, especially with hindsight, you kind of look back and you go, it definitely was a comfortable win, but it shouldn't have been. But I think A-Rod had his completest game for us considering he was standing behind a pretty cobbled together offensive line but it was one of those things he looked so assured uh and you know to be fair to Stafford he tried to give Razul Douglas an awful time and to be fair to Douglas okay he did give up that you know OBJ touchdown pass but he had a great game and I think a lot of these guys again as we keep saying it all the time these guys are standing up when they have to Randall Cobb was amazing, Devontae was amazing, but I still think A-Rod, to be fair to him, even with his broken phalange, oh, yeah. um, you know, he still, I think he had such an assured game. And if anything, I think it was his best game of the season. We're now 9-3. and three. I think what you see is a toughness from this Packers side. And we talked about at the beginning of the season, you know, what is the, what is the dressing room like? Are they all together? Are they all backing each other up? I think, yes, you'd have to say they absolutely are. Everyone is stepping up every week and we're cobbled together now. And as you say, Rams are missing one wide receiver and they were going, yeah, well, of course we lost. You go, well, we're missing at least six players that, you know, yeah. could say we're not a full complement at all. No, third stringers. I mean, we have third stringers. Peter, are vaccines the answer for COVID? No, sorry, that's a different podcast. Sorry about that. No, sorry, scratch that. Um, This new strain, no, sorry, wrong podcast again. Peter. Um, when you look at this team and going into the buy uh, and everything like that, you know people are sort of almost holding their breath, looking at Z's coming back, Jair's coming back, back Tiari might be back, Tiari. And so, like, what is the stat? Because I know we see back Tiari's status where he's going in for surgery. Rogers is flirting around surgery. 
Um, you know, is it silly to think or to ponder that with some of those starters coming back, you would imagine the team can only get better? But we've been playing from sort of an underdog stance up to now and second and third stringers are coming in and the chemistry has been working. Um, what do you know about some of those players coming back? Do you, like, for instance, do you think Bakhtiari, we will see him after the bye? Or are they just going to try to keep those players off the field because we are, we're onto a good thing effectively at the moment? I mean, my, my suspicion is, is, is that as soon as those guys are 100% or close to 100%, I think they'll be back. I just don't know when that's going to be. So if we took took them individually, um, I mean there was film of of Jair Alexander on the on the sideline at practice a couple of weeks ago catching passes and stuff, which gives the impression that he's not far away. Mm. But but I you know there doesn't appear to be a lot of talk indicating that he's he's coming back anytime soon. Um, Bakhtiari, well I was almost about to say your guess is your guess is as good as mine. I, I my suspicion is that he'll be back around week 15, week 16. So almost almost a year to the day, if you like, from from when he when he had the injury. I think on two counts, I think that A, they're just not going to rush him back. And I think B, with the second surgery and stuff, you just get the impression that he's still not ready to go. And I've seen nothing that says to me he's going to be immediately ready to go after the bye week. And with the job that, you know, Josh Nyman's done, in the games that he's played, so this past week, and then when he started earlier in the season when, when EJ was injured, I don't think they feel any need to rush David Bakhtiari back, to be honest. Mm. Um, so I think I think with those two, it's, it's, um, it's wait and see. As for Z Smith, I will be surprised. Again, nothing to really base this on, but I'll be surprised if he's back at all this year. Um, yeah. and, and almost a bit of a pun in the in the answer there with his back problem. Those those problems just don't get fixed quick. They're either minor problems where the guy comes back in one or two weeks, or they seem to be things that keep guys out for a whole season. And I I would be pleasantly surprised if he if he's back. But again, I, and I think the way to look at this is this team is playing very very well. And if any of those if any of those guys come back in the next few weeks, that's an added bonus. But, but I wouldn't. I personally am not getting too down about the fact that they may not be back. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, Peter. And the, one of the things I was thinking of looking at the lineup of the games that are coming. We've got the Bears next, and as we all know, the Bears suck. So it's one of those things of do you bother strengthening that team for a home, you know, against the Bears when we've got two more games on the road? And to be honest, I mean, we love talking about banana skins on this pod, but you know, you would be sort of concerned about the Ravens and the Browns following up one after the other. So it's one of those things, especially with Bacteri. Why not give him another? week is, is it really going to damage the team that much we would expect to, to do a number on the bears and at the end of the season then we would expect to do a number on the lions considering they have zero wins so i'd be sort of more concerned about the ravens the browns and the vikes you know in, in that order yeah i mean we do have some tough opponents all right we do absolutely and what's wonderful about about this is that and i know we're trying not to look forward to, to future years but what's wonderful mm. about this is the likes of Josh Nyman and and Royce Newman and John Runyon and and all of the, those guys, perhaps Rizal Douglas, have all had chances to play significant mm. parts, which is which is going to hold them in good stead for next year and future years. So it's, so it's kind of an added bonus. Yeah, and even when you look at Jordan Love, the fact that he got a run out now again, the yep. jury's out and the line didn't hold up and all of these storylines or whatever. I just found it funny too that um 
the Packers put out, oh, vote all the offense for the Pro Bowl. And everyone's retweet, retweet, retweet. And then they put it, and the defense, oh, I got Rashul Douglas and uh, Devondra Campbell and all these players, Kenny Clark. And people are like, oh, retweet, retweet. And then they go, oh, special teams. And everyone's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on now. Don't get carried away. But the special teams is still an issue. And I don't think they've, you know, got to the bottom of it. Now, what LaFleur came out and said was, is that they owe um, Mason Crosby more than what they've given him sort of alluding to the fact that it isn't his problem however when you look at these players uh, and you see salaries and you see performance and all that kind of stuff and could you get better performance from somebody else now I love Mason Crosby and I've had him on the podcast which means we're related now um, and he's a family friend um, but the thing is is it's hard to ignore Peter isn't it his performance in all of this um, whether it's his fault or not so it's going to be a really weird, weird year, um, which is fun to say. Next year, in the sense of the amount of players that could go on your point of Josh Nyman stepping up, Rasul Douglas, um, Aaron Jones, we have him for another while. AJ Dillon seems to be coming into his own. Have you got any sort of a barometer, Peter, on what you think the situation with Aaron Rodgers is going to be? Because I'm taking it for granted, but I did this with Aaron Jones and it didn't work out that way. Um, and it was reflected in the Raz prizes. I was buying Jamal Williams stuff to bring in and Raz off and then he ended up razzing off himself. And we got Aaron Jones again. Like, is there any barometer for you, Peter, you know, into the mindset, be it from Pat McAfee, be his play on the field or his media coverage or whatever sort of nuggets that we can get that Aaron Rodgers would suit up for the Packers next year, be it possible with salary cap or do you think it's in him? Because just to finish here and leave you a little tasty nugget, I half think he'll retire. Um, and not deal with any of it. But anyway, uh, that's my two cents. What, where, what's your take on it, Pete? Um, so, so if I had to put odds on it, I, my odds would be 60-40 that he's not playing for the Packers next year. Um, I was probably at a higher percentage of him not playing for the Packers next year, earlier this year. Um, I, I've come round a little bit, but but it's still difficult to work out Given that next year, obviously, is the last year on his contract now, I just don't see the Packers allowing him to play out that last year. Um, even if they'd like, still think, you know, that he's, he's the guy for, for an, excuse me, even if they still think he's the guy for another year, it's difficult to, to imagine allowing him to play out that last year and then walking with no compensation at the end of it. Now, does that make you choke um, up, Pete? I mean, we see, does that tears here? <laughs> Um, I thought it was just a frog in the throat, but that seems like it's real, genuine emotion. Um, yeah, I, I don't see... It's weird, though, isn't it? I mean, the, the best-case scenario would be we'd have them for another year. They'd, you know, see what else they have in love and all that kind of stuff, and then Chance giving them another... But that's we all know that's not going to happen. He's going to get a King's Ransom yeah. wherever he goes. Well, well, that's the thing. What I was half-thinking is it really depends on how we go... And I'm jumping way ahead here. But say we were to win the Super Bowl, I'd say if we win... He'll probably go somewhere else. If we don't win, maybe he stays on for that last year. But or else, as you say, he just retires. But I really think it depends on where we end up at the end of the season. And maybe he, maybe that's where he is as well. Maybe he's thinking, well, who knows? I always like we got to see where we go this season. Yeah, I mean, I always took in. I always thought he would just retire, um, and I don't think he wanted to retire and sort of be forced into it. And I think that either way, if he won the Super Bowl or not. I think if you won the Super Bowl, to me, and my this is not based on anything, uh, not even body language, and we all know I'm an expert at that. But um, I would look at it and I sort of go, if he'd won the Super Bowl, he just seems to be the because he spoke about it again, um, on the I think it was the Pat McAfee show or whatever, just about that he's seen what retirement would be like almost, 
in the sense that he took that season off and he off season off and he'd really threatened to like you know pack his pack his boots in um, but then the competitive spirit hit him. But that's normal because we've seen Brett Favre when he did the rounds after his first of many retirements where he turned around and he was getting the itch then when he came back to training camp. And, you know, they, the veterans don't like going back early. You know, they don't like preseason games. They just want to get in and play the games. And that's another thing that sort of stands out is the fact that Aaron Rodgers with his toe issue couldn't practice all week and comes out and does that performance against the Rams, mm, yeah. which is... um pretty amazing but Daryl when you look at this season as a whole and I, I think it'd be you know an understatement to say that you know we're a little bit surprised not in the result of where we've ended up I wouldn't say because this team was predicted to run it back we all saw that and then the Saints kind of shocked everybody and then the losses thereafter were either close because of mad massive injury or you know Jordan Love was in there and we were sort of discombobulated or whatever when you look at this season, Darrell, I mean, what are the biggest things that stand out for you or give you encouragement or where do you feel that this team is at at this point? Well, the biggest thing is that to say that we're 9-3 and three now, and if you were to look at that on paper without seeing any of the games and someone was just to tell you at this point next year we're going to be 9-3, and three, you'd go, yeah, absolutely, of course we are. Of course mm. we're going to be 9-3. and three. That's what we expect to be. But the manner in which we're 9-3 and three yep. is absolutely surprising. Like, we have been on our knees. We've been underdogging games that we should never have been an underdog in, and we've gotten a result. And I actually think, based on the performance of the entire squad this season, is better so far. Because we're winning games we have no right to win. You've got all these rookies, as Peter alluded to, getting all this valuable, invaluable experience in games that they have no right to even play in, but for injuries. Yes, I know every team suffers from injuries, but... You say nine and three the last year, and you say that's what we're going to be this year. You'd say absolutely, but the manner in which we're nine and three this year has been the most impressive part for me. And Peter, I mean, you look at the injuries, and we've had injuries for as long as I can remember uh, supporting the Packers. We could get one injury, Eddie Lacy's out, you know, his ankle, and then all of a sudden we've no running game at all, and then we can't get anything moving. We're one dimensional, and then we get waxed. What's changed, Peter? Well, I think that, uh, and I think I think Daryl's hit the nail on the head here. It's the manner in the in the way that they've won the games and it's completely surprising um because we you know we had a top three offense last year and a defense that was further down the chart shall we say and we've almost flipped that this year and so what's changed is the defense is obviously a lot better than it was last year and has been for a for a number of years um and you know, you put that down to, I guess you could you put that down to system. You can put that down to coaching. You can put, they've had some great free agent pickups, Devondre Campbell, Rizal Douglas that we mentioned. Um, but, but whatever you put it down to, it's the defense that's really carried them to nine and three with the, with the offense doing enough and winning the odd game here and there. But because the offense hasn't been quite as strong as it was last year, the defense has had to step up, and it, re- and it, you know, and it really has. And that's actually the thing that makes me—I'm trying not to get overconfident, but it certainly makes me confident about the remainder of the season. Because mm-hmm. you keep thinking that if the defense plays at a similar level, you know, it doesn't have to be top five for the remainder of the year, but if it's top ten for the remainder of the year, and the offense then suddenly lights it up, and there's lots of inklings, like you say, Rogers played a really good game this past week the you feel like the running game is almost about to break out um um if the if the offense starts starts to really light it up over the coming over the coming weeks you know this is a team that's 
that's well i think it's super bowl bound hmm. and that's not like me to say that if i may interject do you think do you think do you think joe barry should use the code word viagra for the defense this year because it's a really stiff d this year I tried to get that going on Twitter. It's one of the hardest things to get retweeted, to be fair. Who loves Stifty? <laughs> we love Stifty. Um, yeah, it's, you know what, sort of, I don't know, it, it amazes me and then also perturbs me as well, is that, you know, if our offense had continued to be good, our defense had got a little bit better, and then that's how we were continuing this year. I don't know, there's some, like, I absolutely love this season, by the way. Um, the off-season stuff was annoying at the time and now it's become funny um, and then the tropes and stuff is just that's kind of just funny to me now and then to see people freak out over certain stuff um, is also a little bit funny so the whole thing has just been one pantomime from oh it's been a cracker it's oh, been an absolute cracker of a season yeah from from content creation point of view and um, we've had Matt Mitch Nightman on the podcast as well Nightman uh, who when he's not playing in the band Ramstein is actually a fantastic journalist so he was saying that to him, he's not a Packers fan, so he only cares about the story and the content and how it comes across and all that kind of stuff. Uh, where for us, we're more invested, but this has been a really fun season because a couple of the things that we were high on, um, like MVS and AJ Dillon's emergence and Agudakun's probably knew what he was talking about. All of that stuff has kind of seemingly come to fruition. Now, I'll put my hands up and say, it's not an I told you so moment. We get stuff wrong all the time, but it's nice to back the team and for that to come through. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. you want the management to know what they're doing and you want them to pick good players up and you don't want them to go for the big names that flop like OBJ. You know, and all of that sort of, all these little storylines are kind of showing themselves. But what I find is, and, and kind of what excites me, but then also m- makes me on a bit of a an edge, is that it's like we flipped last year. We've taken the offense. It's It's good and it's functioning and, you know, we've got parts going and it's, like Devontae's already gone over a thousand yards you know so it is I think it's great and it's kind of it's not hitting the record highs that it was but it was always going to come back to the mean and then you look at the defense who were you know streaky and then they come in and they're dominating so you know it's like when a player gets injured and then you go oh no the poor guy and you're like oh no it's always his shoulder but it's his leg this time and you're like I don't know if that's mm. better because you're thinking if it's the shoulder yeah. it's like just oh no, injured it's another shoulder bit. again yeah, whereas if it's the leg, you're like, oh, is this a problem now? So it's hard to know what to take solace in. You could look at it both ways. So f- for me, looking at it, I'm thinking, I don't know, I'd be more comfortable if we just kind of, you know, progressed from where we were last year. And I don't know you could say that about the defense, but the fact that we're kind of doing it the opposite way. But it really feels like it's, you know, sort of an ember that's lighting at the edge of a dry forest in the sense that, you know, at any oh, moment, this... It, so poetical. Amazing, right? So that literally poetical. came from... What an image. I know. It's, I'm talking at my arse here. Um, the Island of Saints and Scots. Um, so when I look at it, I'm sort of thinking like, you know, AJ Dillon uh, is a guy Aaron Rodgers fingered to say that he's coming up with the hard yards. This is a guy who, it doesn't flash on tape and people look at it and it's a third and seven and he gets eight yards. But it's those game-moving plays that he keeps making um, that's really stand out for this team. And, and it just, to me, seems like, as you were saying, Peter... If we see some sort of a resurgence as such or a sort of a a heightened uh, awareness um, of this offense and it starts absolutely blowing people apart and the defense remains the same, then this team is absolutely one of those teams of the Chiefs in their prime, the Seahawks when they had the Legion of Boom. The only thing that does concern me and the sort of the weakness in that armor is that performance against the Vikings where we literally got dominated from start to finish. And you'd prefer if your team didn't put up such a lackluster performance where we seemingly had no answers. 
um, you know, on defense and we're got, we sort of struggled on offense as well. You know, it's a shame that we had the Saints game, but it's good that it came week one. It's a shame we've had the Vikings game and that it's came so late because that we're papering over a bit. But you know what I want for Christmas? You know what I want for Christmas? Oh, go on. Super Bowl. Do you? Come here, do you remember that? You know that Mariah Carey song? It's really annoying. It comes out every Christmas, obviously. Mm. Um, where all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. But she starts at the beginning of that song saying, I don't want a lot for Christmas. So thanks, Mariah. <laughs> like, it's a bit of an ouch. Yeah, I mean, people don't talk about that enough there. I've never... Like one of the first lines of that song is, I don't want a lot for Christmas and all I want is you. You're going, uh, thanks. Like, is, cheers. is that a high thing or personal value? I mean, yeah. is she saying I that mean, he's a bit yeah, of an I mean, arse? What is this, Mariah? I mean, yeah, I mean, thanks. I mean, mm. I'm not six foot four, Mariah, but I have other attributes, you know. I've got, I've got talents. Yeah, got beautiful toes. Maybe. Oh, yuck. Um, yeah, I hate feet. That's the thing. I absolutely hate feet. And, it, you know, yeah. people keep sending me images of Aaron Rodgers with his foot up and it upsets me. And you're one of those people that do that to me, you know? I am. I do, but it also upsets me. I, I gag whilst doing it, but mm. I know if I can share the pain, uh, that's what I want to do. Do you know what was bad though, Peter? And I don't know if this happens to you. You know, in one week that you've, you've seen two things that you absolutely hate, right? One was the foot thing. And the second one is that... Um, with this whole Beatles documentary on Disney Plus, and I'm a massive Beatles fan, as seen on my hoodie. Um, loving the Beatles, but then mm-hmm. I found out that uh, Come Together has the lyric "Toe Jam Football," and I just toe jam, yeah. toe jam football. I've never been more disappointed, Peter. Never been more disappointed. Um, <laughs> I, well, I'm more disappointed that I don't have Disney Plus and therefore can't watch it. But never oh, mind. you gotta get it. You gotta get. It. <laughs> uh, to be fair, to be fair to Disney though this is a bit of a coup on their part because let's put it this way the type of people that are interested in the Beatles are not necessarily people that are interested in Disney Plus so they've kind of I mean I would subscribe to Disney Plus just for this and I'm only a third of the way in I'm kind of trying to go through this documentary as slowly as I can even though Peter Jackson says to sit down in a marathon and look at all six hours Mm. I can't because I'll use it all up and then I'll have nothing in my life anymore it's a slow it's a slow burner Peter where do you stand on the Beatles buddy I mean this is what everyone wants to know I absolutely love the Beatles there you go. Uh, what's your favourite Beatle? Uh, well, George Harrison. George oh. Harrison's my favourite Beatle. Steve? Um, I don't know. From watching this, I like John Lennon. I've always been fascinated with him. I don't know why. Don't um, sit on the fence, Steve. Just give me, give me a Beatle, baby. I don't know. Like, Ringo just sleeps all the time. George Harrison was a very complex fella. Paul McCartney it seems... I don't know. There's something about him, isn't there, on the thing? I just do you know what the best moment for me? And I'm completely avoiding now, but I just thought let's just talk about the Beatles now for the rest. Of oh come is on! Is that there's a two minute politician? I just answer the question. Well, I like John Lennon. I, I don't know why. I just I think he's he's a head case, and I I from I've listened to pretty much every one of his interviews out there, particularly the ones about the breakup and all this type of stuff. Yeah. Massively flawed human being, but for some reason it just absolutely fascinates me. But the best part of the documentary, and Pete, if you don't have Disney Plus get Disney Plus but if, if you don't want to do that uh, there's a snippet of it if you just type it into Twitter of Paul McCartney coming up with the song Get Back in oh, two minutes and he's just sitting unbelievable there unbelievable genius oh, that's, a, that's the highlight of the thing for me and also I'm going to definitely drop in some silly quotes um, from that documentary as kind of like things to split up what we're talking about because there's just so much quality they um, were just a bit mad well I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'm going to, John Lennon is my favourite. Um, if you haven't read it yet, for people who are listening, the biography uh, called Shout, The True Story of the Beatles, is a definite must-read um, by Philip Norman. The Now, I should like Ringo being a drummer, but mm. I love that quote when someone said, uh, do you think so do you think uh, Ringo is the greatest drummer in the world? And John Lennon goes, he's not even the greatest drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And it's- I- 
And I would absolutely second that about Shout. The book is sitting about one yard away from where I'm sitting right now. Go on, check it out. Look at that. Yeah. Kindred spirits. <laughs> and all that. There we go. Right, Peter. Chapter one. Start reading. The podcast like eight hours. We're creating an audio book now, are we? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what we're doing. Uh, completely uh, skirting around copyright infringement. But come here, we got our um, Spotify wrapped for podcasts things. And uh, yeah, with the, the amount of listeners out there is actually pretty shocking. We're up in the like top whatever whatever percent. And we got contacted by someone, I think probably said like a ball shaver of some other app, saying that we were in the top 1.5% of podcasts. I don't know whether that's a copy paste like to do on LinkedIn. But it sounds pretty good to me, so I'm saying it. Well, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm gonna, I don't want any evidence to back that up. Just no. we'll take it. Thanks. I was going to get back to this person because they emailed again to say, did you not get my email? So I was thinking, oh, that's very sophisticated spam. Or um, we actually are in the top percentile of podcasts. Because I heard that 50 listens was seen as a top podcast. And I, I guffawed at uh, that because we we do well. Did you chortle? I chortled, yeah. Did you, do you ever chortle, Pete, or guffaw? Or humph? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the occasionally the occasional usually, usually usually when i've just finished my 50th listen of the same podcast you're welcome peter you're welcome for all those out. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what that's the thing that the rap does is it tells you how many people are listening on their birthday and on new year's day and all that kind of stuff so it's mad people are rocking with us you know rocking with us. um does anybody have anything else to say about the packers the boy week the rams the beatles all I will say is that the beers the bears the, ba- beers? the beers the bears the bears so yeah but the beers are all right in moderation. In moderation. Peter, yeah. anything else to say, buddy? Well, I think the only thing to add to what we've already talked about, and, and we'll probably get through this as the season goes on, but I think it's worth mentioning how many of the um, players that we wouldn't have expected mm. to have made, you know, to have made a huge impact this season have made a huge impact. And that's just yeah. that's just really cool. Because, you know, like you said earlier, you know, if somebody had said they're nine and three at this stage, we would have imagined that Rogers had led them to eight of those nine wins and Devontae had done this and Aaron Jones had done that and they've, and they've all done well. But, you know, for the Devondre Campbells, the Rasul Douglases, mm. uh, you know, all those guys that have stepped in, some of the names we mentioned earlier, the, the, the John Runyons and Lancaster, uh, you know, even Tyler Lancaster, Dean Lowry. What an yeah. excellent year Dean Lowry's having. Oh, and, and, God's sake. Uh, God damn it, Dean. Dean. <laughs> well, again, <laughs> Dean. You know, and, and you know, Rashan Gary has stepped up that we were all hoping that he was going to take that next step and he's taken that next step. And it's just it's just been really excellent to see all of those guys step up and and have a huge impact on on where the Packers are. Yeah, because I mean, we spoke, and especially Royce Newman. Royce Newman taking time out from his uh, day job at selling carpets and tiles. Yeah, uh, although to be fair, he's had some rough days. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, you and Andy used to talk about it on the podcast a lot. Pete. just you know, every season that we've sort of had success or we've got close to the dance has been sort of marked by the general manager going out and picking up somebody that makes that difference. And it's incredible yeah. to see Devondre Campbell, uh, Rasul Douglas. Um, AJ Dillon, who was apparently drafted too high, you know, and it all seems to sort of um, pan out fairly well. Because then there was that thing of like, you know, AJ Dillon earlier in the season, someone was like, oh, yeah, well, here you go. I mean, why would you do that if you're just going to sign your other one back? And it's to look at the circumstances of how all that stuff has come together. But exactly uh, mirror your point. And, Co- and Corey, you know, Corey Bohorquez as well. Yeah. You know, no, let, let, let's face it, when they made that trade just before the season started, you know, everybody's looking, well, who who on earth is this guy that they've just traded a seventh round draft pick for? And what an excellent, excellent pickup has been potentially a pro bowler. Yeah. Know, really, really, really good. 
And again, not calling the GM infallible. I mean, look at the long snapper situation. Uh, you know, you could go around and say, oh, well, we're on the situation we are with the O-line because of X reason or whatever. But when you look at the amount of injuries, Josh Myers and, um, you know, yeah. having to having to let um, some really, you know, top players go for big money. Um, you know, I think they've done a really, really good job with the sort of deal that they've been given to, to be perennial po- pro bowlers and Super Bowl contenders every single year um, is absolutely incredible. Um, I don't think I can put it down personally to scheme versus whether it's mostly Aaron Rodgers, whether it's the floor, whether it's the melting pot of players they have, um, you know, because in a way, I think the GM, you know, he's doing his job, but I mean, there is surely an element of luck there too, in the sense that you pick up players that nobody else wanted in Douglas and Campbell and they end up being players for you. But sometimes that's the culture you build and, all that kind of stuff. To me, it's you know, talk about the Packers being the best story in sports. This season has been one of the most, um, yeah, yeah, you know, fascinating seasons ever. I don't know, Pete. Can you remember a, a season for the Packers as long as you've been supporting them that have had this amount of kind of drama and movement and story and success? And I can't, I can't remember. Not for a long, not for a long time. Um, and, and and again, I think it just alludes back to the to the they've got to the nine wins, they've got to the nine and three record in a way that none of us could, if we hold our hands up, none of us could have expected them to get to it this way. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty, it is it is a great story. It's another one of those once upon a time. When we go to write about this season, it will be once upon a time because it's going to end in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, yes. 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 Go on, Peter. Go on, Yes. Pat. Pat, I'm actually go on. Spoken. Um, yeah, so there we go. Um, I hope it does. I really hope it does because uh, we have to do some sort of special edition podcast, I think, just to detail all of the crazy stuff because it's one of those things that, you know, it was a magical year, yeah, especially if you come down with the Super Bowl, obviously, but you forget all of the weird intricacies that went on between punters and everybody getting injured. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, from myself, at Steve Diddy NFL, from himself, at Daryl J. O'Brien and at IT Hedgehog, the IT Hedgehog on um, Twitter. And of course, get in the Facebook groups. And Peter always uh, brings in some good content there as well. And of course, we have our bumper Christmas draw. But we will be back next week with a podcast and hopefully with some famous journals and personalities as well. But from three lads, the three amigos here at the UK Packers HQ. It's goodbye for now. Go, Pack, go.